All right. Well, hey, good morning. Uh, thanks so much for joining us online. We're thrilled that this is a possibility. And so uh, thanks for taking time to join us online and be a part of this. Uh, we're praying that all of you are doing well, that you're staying safe. Um, and again, we're just going to keep at it as long as we can and doing it this way. Um, as Elizabeth mentioned, we are continuing on with our series called Career Wise. And, and in this series, what we're attempting to do is we're really trying to focus on how, based on what Jesus did by dying on the cross and then raising from the dead, how does that matter Monday through Saturday? Like, how does that really have an impact with the jobs that we have or with the, with the kids that we raise or the relationships that we develop? How does that matter? And, and, and because we don't want anybody to feel left out when we talk about career, we're really saying that the career is that thing that you do. So it might be the career that you have from 9 to 5, or it might be however it is that you make a living, or if you're a stay-at-home parent, that would be your career, Or, or maybe you have free time and you're able to volunteer a lot, then that would be your career. Essentially, what we're considering is whatever the thing is that you do, whatever makes up your day, that's your career. Now, I can see why some of you are thinking, uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense that we would be talking about career-wise right now. I mean, well, for starters, let's just be honest, rarely do I do anything that would ever be accused of making sense, so that's part of it. But more specifically, this morning we put together this message specifically focused around our current reality. Because this morning, today, we all find ourselves in a very uncertain situation. Right now, we're all trying to figure out how does our community, how does our nation, how does our world, how do we respond to COVID-19? What does COVID-19 look like in our lives? And, and really, that's making up all of our days. No matter what your career is, no matter how it is that you make a living, no matter where it is that you volunteer, no matter if you stay home and take care of somebody that's sick, that a family member that's sick, maybe you stay at home and you're taking care of kids today, Right now, in our situation, we essentially all have the same career. We are all doing the same thing. In the present situation, we all have the same career. All of us, right now, are trying to figure out which TV shows and movies we've not watched that we can catch up on, right? Is that that what we're all doing? Is that all of our careers trying to figure out which Netflix shows we missed? But besides from that, we're all doing the same things. We're all washing our hands like crazy. We're all, we're all trying to cover up a cough with a really loud fart. Whatever, we're, we're just trying to figure out how do we stay safe? And how do we care for our families? Really, we're all just trying to figure out how do we get through this series, or through this situation. And so as we dive in and as we move through this series called CareerWise, I want to talk about what does it look like? How do we approach this moment, this career that we're all in? And the problem is there is so much tension in our world. There is so much fear right now. There is so much anxiety. There is so much anger right now. And coronavirus, it just, it just keeps spreading and the reports keep coming in. And, and if you're paying attention to the stock market all, at all, it is dropping in ways that we've not experienced before. And vacations are getting changed and plans are getting canceled. And, and church has taken on a whole new level of complexity. And the only group that was truly ready for it was the 700 Club. And if you don't get that joke, it means you're young enough that not, you don't get it. So just be appreciative of that. But for some people, some people are angry and frustrated and scared by the people that are taking extreme caution. 
And other people are angry and frustrated and scared by those people that are continuing to go to work or go to parks. Or and let's just be clear real quick. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what approach you're taking personally to COVID-19 and, and the prevention that you're putting in place or, or as a church, how many steps that we're taking. No matter what it is that you're doing, there is someone and probably lots of someones that think what you're doing is not enough. And at the same time, even if you don't change anything that you're doing, at the same time, you continue to take that same approach, those same preventions. And as a church, if we continue to take the same steps and the same precautions that we're taking, there will be some people that think we have lost our mind and think that we're living scared. So we really just have to figure out, how do we function in this current reality? How do we keep doing what it is that we're doing? How do we continue to maintain this career process and still find hope in the middle of all that's going on? And really what I want us to begin to do is, how do we discover hope in the face of the unknown? How do we look towards moving forward when everything is uncertain? So the first key, the first piece of finding hope is that we need to decide that we're going to live by faith and not by fear. Now, last week, it was a real privilege for us to have Steve Strickler here, and, and he looked at this idea more in depth, and he kind of really dug into the story where, where Peter was walking on water, and as Peter was walking on water, and as he kept his eyes on Jesus, everything was fine. And then the moment that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and began to focus on the storm, he started to sink. And if we keep our eyes on Jesus, all is well. And, and Steve really began to help us last week and get some perspective on our current situation. And so huge thanks to Steve for being here last week. But what we need to know and what we need to understand out of what we talked about that last week and this week is that as believers, as followers of Jesus, we are called to live by faith and not by fear. Now, here's what this doesn't mean. As believers living in faith, what this doesn't mean, living in faith does not mean that we just ignore all the medical professionals and all of our leaders. Faith doesn't mean we just ignore all of those things. Faith also doesn't mean that we just run around licking doorknobs and playing twister with strangers. That's not faith. But what we know is that you and I, we are called to not live by fear. Don't live by fear. And I don't claim to be an expert at all on coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever. We want. I, have, I have no idea how long this is going to last. I have no idea what's going to happen down the road. I mean, I mean, really, even our experts don't truly know, right? We're all living in a bit of that unknown. And even the experts that say they know what's going to happen, they don't even all agree. And so we exist in the midst of this unknown. And yet Jesus still calls us not to live in fear. We don't need to live in fear. We have been called to live by faith. And so this morning, I'm going to throw a bunch of verses at you, and we don't necessarily have time to, to dig into all of the backstory on each of these or look at each of the writers or the context. But what I want you to know about each of these verses and each of the people that we're going to quote, they in their lives were either dealing with the situation or were speaking to people that were going to deal with the situation or anticipating circumstances that were going to be or were as difficult and probably even worse than what you and I are going through today, including Jesus. As he was talking to people and knowing their situation, we're going to look at the words that he spoke and, and then begin to dig into some more stuff, but ultimately understand that these were words that were spoken to people that were going through things similar to us and maybe even more intense. 
All of these are going to show up on your screen. Hopefully, if you've had a chance, um, you were able to look in Facebook and print off those message notes. Um, we're going to keep getting better at making those available to you. And so anyway, hopefully you found those. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said this. He said, do not, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Here's what's going to happen. Your heart and my heart will be troubled if we believe more in the power of the problem than we believe in the power of God. If I said that right, that might be tweetable. Let me try it again. If you and I put more belief in the power of the problem than we put in our belief in the power of God, our hearts will be troubled. When you and I give all of our thoughts, when you and I put all of our attention into what might happen, when we put all of our focus into the issues of what's going on around us, when I allow my mind or my heart to be dominated by the things that I can't control, my heart will be troubled. When I think about the things that I don't have any idea of what the results will be, your hearts will be troubled. And really, that's why we're taking the approach that we're taking as a church. Why we're approaching this week by week, why, why we're understanding that during times of crisis, we're, during times of unrest and uncertainty, there's no real value on making long-term plans and long-term decisions. That's why we haven't canceled church through some date out in the future. That's why we're not totally ruling out every event. And, and you know what? I'm still hoping and praying that somehow our egg hunt happens. And we know we're probably going to have to push it out. But what we're recognizing is we, we just want to keep after it and keep processing and recognizing we don't know what's going to happen. And we don't want to live in fear of not knowing. And, and maybe some people think that's naive. But what we recognize is that information is changing so quickly. And things are coming at us so fast. And what we don't want to be caught up in is the, in the fear of the unknown. We don't want to get caught up in worrying about long-range timetables that we really have no control over. Because if we get caught up in all of those things, the unknown and what might happen, our hearts truly will be troubled. And Jesus said, do not. Let your heart be troubled. So the way we're going to approach this, if you've read online, basically what we're going to do is, is every week we're going to pay attention to what's going on in the world and what, where situations are at. And then on Friday morning, Friday afternoon, we're going to post if there's any changes that are going to happen on Sunday. Um, and so for the ongoing future, we're just going to do services here online. We'll let you know on Friday if anything has changed. And so we're going to be preparing for that on Friday and announcing it and then on Sunday. And what we're going to do every week in between is we're going to be praying like crazy. Each and every week, we're going to be praying like crazy that conditions will improve. I've been praying that, that God may maybe even bring a worldwide healing. I don't know. And maybe things would return to normal soon. And so rather than getting caught up in all of the unknown and feeling dread about how long things are going to last, instead of being overwhelmed by what we can't control, we're going to approach each day believing that, that God is still in control and that God is still bigger than any virus and that God is still at work in our lives and that God still wants to bring transformation to who we are. A little bit later in the same chapter, Jesus goes on and he says this. He says, peace. I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give, you, give to you as the world gives. Do not, he says this again, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is really saying, listen, you have a choice. You can accept the peace that I'm giving 
Or you can choose to allow your hearts to be afraid with all of the potential and all of the issues of what might happen. He's saying, listen, you have a filter with which you can form your decisions. There's a filter that you can use as you look at everything that's going to happen, a filter that can begin to set the condition of your emotions. There's a filter that we can look through that determines the mindset of what's going to be. And it's a completely different filter than any other process or way to deal with information and circumstances that are coming at us. And all individuals have an opportunity to choose how they're going to process information. And as followers of Jesus, we have the opportunity to filter things in a way that's not the same for others. Because we are choosing to filter everything through who Jesus is. It doesn't mean we're better than other people. It certainly doesn't mean that we're smarter than other people. It simply means we are choosing an option. We are choosing to allow Jesus to be the filter through which we look at every single situation, including the situation we're going through right now. And my hope is that through what we're dealing with right now, you and I would begin to truly learn to live outside of fear. And not just currently, but you and I would learn to live outside of fear in anything. Fear of what our economy might do. Fear of what your career might be like. Fear of your kid's future. Fear of home repair that you may be facing. Or maybe it's fear like what I faced this last news when I got some tough news when I visited my doctor. Whatever it is that you're facing, we can filter it through the view of who Jesus is and not allow that unknown fear to control us. And I just mentioned, I went to my doctor this last week um, and got some tough news. Uh, I, I had my annual physical scheduled and um, I actually was able to slip in right before they canceled. Actually, they, they called me on my way to the doctor's office. Um, I'm actually getting better at not answering my phone when I'm driving. Uh, so I didn't answer it and they were actually calling me to say, don't come in. And I got there and they're like, okay, uh, come on in. Uh, so I got into my doctor's office and um, we were just doing this annual physical and and sort of towards the end of it, the doctor said, hey, um, I just want to let you know that um, colonoscopies are now currently being recommended for, for men over 50. I was like, well, that's great news. Uh, I'm only 46, right? So I'm like, a couple of years. I got a couple of years before I have, have to face the dreaded colon colonoscopy. And, and then he threw in, he's like, well, here's the deal. Uh, the American Cancer Society is starting to try and push that age down to 45. I'm like, okay, well, that's a little bit of a bummer, but like, I mean, I'm here for my annual physical now. That means I've got at least another year before I have to come in for my, you know, physical and the colonoscopy. And then the doctor adds in, he's like, so if it happens to be that they lower the age to 45 during this next year, we're going to go ahead and give you a call and have you come in for that procedure. So I promptly got on my phone and blocked my doctor's number. So <laughs> don't have to worry about that. Honestly, though, here's the deal. I can either allow myself to be troubled every day for the next year, dreading every moment that when my phone rings, I'm being called up to the big leagues, <laughs> right? That will trouble my heart if I get that call. And honestly, the worst thing to have going on in your life is a troubled heart when you go in for a colonoscopy because I don't know what that's going to lead to. Like, okay, that's too far. Anyway... So I have a choice. I hope you're laughing at home. The three people that are here are just laugh. So we're just going to, ha ha, okay, good. You and I have a choice. I can either choose to dread that phone call, or I can choose the peace that Jesus brings every day. 
I can choose the peace each and every day on that day to say, Jesus, will you walk through whatever this day brings? Because if I don't do it that way, it is going to ruin every single day waiting in fear for what might happen. And Jesus offers us this incredible gift. And he provides it to us and says, here is my peace. And you and I have to accept that to allow that reality to take place. A peace that knows that, that God is totally in control. And a big aspect of that peace that you and I can experience is to recognize that God has not been sitting up in heaven over the last two months and caught off guard by this situation. There's not once that God has turned to the angels and was like, did you see? I just, did you see the report on CNN? This thing is out of control. Or maybe he watches Fox. I don't mean to allude that God watches either network. I just, and, and as much as I'm upset about the fact that there's not basketball right now, God is totally fine. He is still very much, his bracket has been perfect every year. He doesn't care. And so God is basically totally in control. He was not caught off guard, which is why you and I can continue to have peace and not be troubled. An early church leader by the name of Paul wrote to a young pastor, and he said this. He said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Paul is saying, listen, you don't have to panic. You don't need to be fearful. You don't need to be timid. Our approach in difficult moments is that we can face it with power and love and self-discipline that's provided by God. And nobody can make us lean into that power. We get to choose it. We have that option. It's available to us. And God's Spirit is available to us, and it's a way for us to live. Paul goes on and writes to another church. He says this, For we live by faith, not by sight. Which means even when we can't see how this is going to play out, which means even we ha when we have no clear direction of what's going to happen, even when there's more uncertainty than we will ever have, that is the moment more than ever that we need to live by faith. And here's why we get so caught off guard in these moments, is that we have mistakenly convinced ourselves that typically we're in control. We live the rest of our lives thinking we've managed it all and all of the circumstances and all of the experiences that are going to come, we think we've managed it. And then we get into a situation like we're in and we're like, it's out of control. No, you weren't in control originally. We think so highly of our abilities and of our decisions and certainly there's things that we need to do and there's responsibility that we need to take. And we find ourselves, we convince ourselves that we know what's going to happen. We believe we can see what's coming. Three months ago, none of us saw this coming. Any more than we can see where it's necessarily going. That's why we get to choose to live by faith. Not by sight. Not by what we see that's coming. And it's a choice that we get to make. And it's a recognition that God isn't going to make us live through this alone. That we don't have to make our decisions in our own strength. Because the world might fall apart. COVID 20 or 21 or 22 might be right around the corner. I don't actually know how we're naming these things, so that was just a guess. But we don't have to be afraid. We have the opportunity to lean into Jesus and the peace that he offers that he's going to walk through this, and it's an opportunity for you and I to lean into him in maybe a way we've never done before. 
and then it will spill into the rest of our lives. But we get to live by faith, which allows us to live with hope. And ultimately, that begins to play out in different ways, regardless of the situation that we're in. And including the situation that we're in right now, there's some ways that living out hope should appear in our lives. And it should appear in whatever happens next. When you and I choose to live in hope, and when we live in response by faith and not by sight, what will happen is that we will choose and we will begin to live. We are going to be sacrificial, not selfish. Now, now technically, you and I, we are naturally selfish, right? Naturally on our own, you and I are all selfish. There is no school in the world that I'm aware of that offers a class. There is no selfish 101. I searched for a little bit on on Amazon. I could not find a book on five tips to be selfish. As I've watched parents this last week scrambling to create homeschool curriculum, I not one time saw a mom or dad say, how are you teaching your child how to be selfish? We We don't have to. You never have to tell your kid, hey, listen, when I give you a cookie, when I give you two cookies and I tell you to share one with your sibling, we never have to say to our kid, hey, listen, make sure you keep the bigger one for yourself. Never have to. Growing up, maybe if you've been listening to Silver Creek for a while, you know, or if you're around a while, you know that growing up for my family, money was pretty tight. And so money was so tight that that when my parents would distribute a stick of chewing gum, uh, they would actually require us to eat only half a stick. Just a side note, if you're ever looking for a really good way to bite the crap out of your cheek, it's a half a stick of gum. It'll light up. You'll, You'll bite something for sure other than a piece of gum. Anyway, my dad's sorry for bringing that up. Anyway, so we only got a half a stick of gum. And what my dad would do is he would take that stick of gum and he would hand it to the back seat and he would say, okay, listen, whoever tears it in half, the other kid gets to choose. So when my brother would tear that piece in half and he would hand it to me, man, I would line those pieces of gum up so closely and I would study and I would study and I would for sure take the piece that had that fraction more of gum. Nobody ever told me how to be selfish. I came up with that all on my own. We are naturally selfish. But what's so amazing is that Jesus gave us the most incredible example of living in a sacrificial way. And not only does he live or did he demonstrate sacrifice, he then gives us the strength. He gives us the power in our lives to begin to live sacrificially and not selfishly. Listen to some instructions that were given to the early church. It said this, don't be selfish. It's pretty clear. It's like, just don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Notice that he didn't say, he didn't say, hey, go, 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 rush out and grab everything and make, make sure that you and yours have all the supplies that you need. He didn't say, hey, think better of yourself and make sure you snatch up everything before other people do. He didn't say, hey, listen, Put together the most amazing investment plan and then throw it out there and show others up. Show them how smart you are. He never said, hey, create the smartest COVID-19 plan and then put it on social media so other people will see how clever you are. He's like, that's selfish. Don't do it in such a way that other people would think better than you. I just say, quick side note, this has not been easy as a pastor as the leader of a church, because there are some churches out there doing some really cool things during this, and there have been times where it's like, how are we going to do what we're going to do so other people think we're on top of this? 
Paul's like, don't do it just so people think better of you. Don't make this all about you. Don't make this all about your family. Because what happens is when you and I are fearful, it's really difficult to think of other people. And if you find yourself unable to think of other people in this moment, there's a good chance that you're fearful. And one of the greatest ways you can begin to change that fear is to begin to think of others. The first century church, those individuals that were believers and followers of Jesus in the first century, they were finding themselves losing their homes, losing their families, losing their lives due to the faith that they put in Jesus. And in that response of losing all of those things, they didn't dash out and get more hand sanitizer and cans of soup. We have to understand that in that moment, even when there's terrible things going on, you and I, we are still the representation of Jesus Christ. And you and I, we are the representation of Jesus Christ even when the world is not going well. Even when our kids aren't in school. Even when our schedules aren't working out the way that we planned. We are still the representation of Jesus Christ to a world in the midst of chaos. Listen again to what was said to the early church in the middle of chaos when life wasn't easy and there was pressure all around them. It said this, it said, And then all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Did I read the right verse there? Yeah. I think that's the one I wanted to say. Yeah. If there was ever a time that you and I need to rally together, Clearly not in groups bigger than 10, keeping six feet apart. But if there was ever a time that we need to rally together, it's right now. Like, I can't think of a moment where we all had more in common. Because right now, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter if you're in school. It doesn't matter if you're retired. It doesn't matter if you like to exercise. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert and you feel like you've entered into heaven early right now. We all have more in common right now than any time I can think of. I mean, every single person, every person is thinking the same thing. It's all in the back of our minds. We're all wondering how many confirmed cases are going to show up today. We're all wondering, am I going to get sick? We're all wondering, what's the next thing that's going to get closed? Hopefully you're wondering, is Easter still going to happen? And yes, in fact, as Jacob mentioned, Easter is still going to happen. And we are going to celebrate the truth that Jesus defeated death. Because that is real whether or not you and I are healthy. That is real whether the world is running smoothly. That is real even if the bad guys are doing bad things. Or big companies are only taking care of their shareholders. That is still the truth. And we still hold that in common. That Jesus still died for us. That Jesus still rose from the dead to give us the power to do and take on whatever life brings. And it's in that power and it's in having that in common that we can look for ways to be sacrificial to those around us. And let's be honest. In the next couple of weeks and in the next couple of months, you and I are likely going to have the greatest opportunities that we've ever had to be generous and sacrificial to those around us. Some of the greatest opportunities that we've maybe ever seen in our lives and maybe possibly for the rest of our lives. Because you're likely going to notice that you have something that somebody else needs. And God has blessed you with that. And it's going to be your chance to then bless them and to be the blessing that God wants to be in their life by you taking that thing that you have and giving it to somebody in need. And to sacrifice. And to give of something that, that might even benefit you. And that might be physical. 
It might be some sort of material thing, but there's a really good chance it's going to be extending hope or offering companionship or leading with kindness or leading with faith. Again, listen to what was described in this New Testament church and how it describes they were living. It says, Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now we have to pull a principle out of this because it says that they, did, they were doing this every day. Essentially, it was so important to them to meet that it was something that they did. They got together every day. It was so important that they spent time together in their homes that they got together and they ate meals continually, consistently, every day. Now, for those of you that think I'm about to say you have to get together every day, I recognize we're dealing with a health crisis they weren't facing. That just means we have to get creative. That's why we were talking about you need to get connected through our Facebook group. And if you aren't on our Facebook group, if you aren't there, you need to join the Silver Creek Facebook group. Even if you're a, one of the young Snapchatters or Instagrammers, join our Facebook group. We need your memes. Like, we need you. And along with that, we're, we're trying to add in some encouraging verses and some videos along the way to connect. We've got this amazing uh, daily Bible reading challenge that's going on. Get in that and be a part of the Word every day. We've got some messages from our children's ministry leaders for your kids to, to keep them connected. Hopefully you found the links to some of the Bible stories that are available today and some of the worship for your kids. Every Wednesday night, I'm leading a, and hosting an hour of guided prayer. We've got some interactive posts and some pictures just to help create community and connection. It needs to be a part of what we're doing every day. And certainly this is a time for us to be smart. This is a time for us to be safe and make some decisions. But what this is not is not a time for us to be selfish. That is not what we are called to be. We should have like a little instrumental break while I take the drink here. Do we have anything we can play? Like a little, no? The band went home. I'm actually playing the last number. Just kidding. They're all like, what? <coughs> Here's the deal. We have to figure this out. We have, <coughs> we have to figure out how we can live within this tension of being safe and making wise decisions and living sacrificially. Because if we can figure out the tension, that's where people will see that we are still committed to Jesus, which brings us directly to this last step of living in hope. And if we forget this last step, if we don't live this out, we've missed it. Because ultimately, we shine the light. We do not hide the light. So we have to be smart, and we have to use common sense, and we have to make wise decisions. And today there's lots of unknowns, and, and obviously interacting in person is something that we have to avoid based on what the officials are telling us. And all of that is true. And I know that I can't see all of you today. I know that many of you are at home, and I can't see you. But here's what I remember of those that I can't see. I, I remember that there were a lot of you, many, many, many of you that were very smart. Actually, what, I remember that there were a bunch of you that were really... I remember a few of you that were really smart. And so if you're really smart, here's what, here's what I need. If you're feeling sick, you need to stay home. And if you're feeling vulnerable, you've got to stay in your home. And if you don't have to go out, you need to stay in your home. But even in all of that, even with all of us doing the things that we need to do, still, we're the light of the world. 
In fact, just this last week, the food bank uh, that we're a part of that sits on the back of our property, they were getting ready to dis- distribute food, and Elizabeth heard, and I heard that they were short on volunteers. And both Elizabeth and I have felt fine, and we're feeling healthy, and we're not feeling like we need to re- you know, protect others from ourselves. So we, we thought, this is a time we have to go out. There were people in need, and it was a chance for us to shine the light of Jesus. It's going to look different for each of us. Depending on what your work is allowing, depending on what your work is requiring, this is going to look different. Depending on what type of community that you live in, depending on your access to social media, depending on your own health, this is going to look different in the way that each of us do this. And we are convinced as a church that we are going to continue to provide worship services, that worship services are essential. And so until we're told that we can't, we're going to gather the small little crew that's here, and we're going to keep trying to pull these services off and provide it online. And when we can't do that, we're going to come up with something else creative, and we're going to provide something else online because we are the light of the world. So here's how you lean into this. If you've got that friend that you've always been trying to get to come to church, and the response has always been, yeah, church isn't my thing. Golden, you're joining. Invite them to join you online. Tell them, hey, let's watch service together. Obviously, it doesn't mean you get together physically, but you can say, join me online. Let's watch this at the same time. Then let's just talk about it. But what we have to remember is this. Remember what Jesus told us. Jesus said, "You are the light of the world, except during major world events." Nope. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden unless there is a health crisis. Nope. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So here's a way that some of you, many of you are still doing this in very tangible ways. Understand this, that that putting on a service each week online, that providing resources to our community, that covering our mortgage and covering our insurance, even in a time of crisis, all of those things still require dollars. And there are people that call this their church and a part of the good deeds that they're continuing to do, even in times of uncertainty, is they're continuing to contribute financially. And they're continuing to be faithful. And it's allowing us to continue to do ministry and continue to be a light into the world. And maybe this morning you were watching us online and and maybe you go to another church. First, let me just tell you that your secret is safe with us. We're not going to tell your pastor. Second thing is this. If this is not your church, please do not feel any obligation to send us money. But if you are a part of another church, they still have bills coming in. And they still have expenses that are continuing. So if you are a part of another church, continue to financially support. If God has given you the privilege of continuing to have income, you need to give back out of what is given. If you're in a place right now where your income has gone away, there is nothing that you need to do. And at Silver Creek, church is going to look a little different. But we're going to keep doing ministry and we're going to keep moving forward. Unfortunately, the egg hunt's probably going to get bumped out into the spring or late spring, early summer. But would you just start planning right now to volunteer at that no matter when it happens? And start telling people that are trapped inside that we're going to have the most amazing celebration when we all get released from captivity. Come and find some eggs. And would you start inviting people to be a part of April 12th? Because we're going to kick off Easter and we're going to have an amazing morning and we're going to celebrate and we're going to jump into a new series called Jesus Will. 
And we're going to look at what Jesus will be doing on our lives when we accept him and what that means. And maybe, maybe everything's going to get better. Maybe God's going to do something miraculous and we're all going to get to meet in person on April 12th. Or maybe, maybe God wants to reach some people that never would have been reached if the physical doors of the church were open. Which means if that's going to happen, you and I have to tell people about Easter online. Because the reality is that we are the light of the world. The building isn't the light. You're the light. I'm the light. We reflect what Jesus has done in our life and the hope that he brings. And that has to be true even when life is crazy. And if you and I can't have hope right now, and if you and I can't trust God right now, nobody is going to believe the message that we have. And Jesus is still in charge, and Jesus still brings forgiveness, and Jesus still brings hope, and Jesus still transforms lives. And when you and I are living that out, that's when the light is shining. And that's when we need to invite others to experience it for themselves. So can I encourage you to continue to pray that God, God would lay five people on your heart that you can invite to be a part of our service online Easter morning. Pray that God would create opportunities and, and moments where you can invite, where you have to stay aware and creative. Pray that God would be working in their hearts that they would respond. Don't know if you were aware of this, but people think more about life and death and faith and spiritual realities during three different seasons, three different times. This is when people think about those things most. During life change, during emotional loss, and during crisis. Okay, let me say that again. People think most about faith and life and all of those deep things when there is life change, emotional loss, and crisis. Uh, ding, 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 we have a winner. We have the perfect trifecta where people are wondering about these things. So you and I have to live out hope. We have to demonstrate faith. We have to find ways to live sacrificially. We have to create moments and then invite others to see the light that exists within our lives. And every week we provide these practical next steps, these, these next things, the next steps for you to respond. Some ways for you to reflect and think about what it is that you've heard and, and really consider for yourself how you're going to respond to these next steps. We didn't really dive into this, but I want you to really begin to explore and begin to take note for how do you respond to fear? When there's fear, do you lash out? Do you run? Do you respond with sarcasm or denial? Maybe your next step is to recognize that when fear is present, you need to identify the true source of where that fear is coming from, dig into the root, and then ask Jesus to take away that fear. Maybe your next step is to discover some ways that you can put others first and bring hope this week to those that are in need. And then maybe your next step is you need to start inviting friends to join you for service online and for sure join you for service Easter morning. Wherever it is, whatever's going on, man, I would just encourage you to respond to those next steps. We're praying for you. If you've got prayer requests, please include those on your Connect cards. Whatever it is, I would just encourage you to respond. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you again that we can connect here, that we can still dive into your word, and God, that ultimately you are still the same God. You still have the same power. You are still just as much in control as you were three months ago before we had ever even heard of this thing. God, help us to trust in you. Help us to put faith in you. Help us to live out hope. 
each and every day. God, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for the way that you care, for the way that you provide. God, help us to look out for the needs of others, for those that are around us, and find ways to pursue and meet those needs. Help us to be smart, but God, also help us to just look to you and trust you as you lead and as you guide. Thank you so much for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.